everybody. Welcome to Trading Perspectives. I'm your host, John Norris, and as always, our co-host... Sam Clement. As always, I'm happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you here, Sam. And today, I want you to tell us about what we're going to talk about. I mean, last week we had some pretty good uh, responses to our second topic, our, t- our second stab at syntaxes. And this week, uh, from what I understand, people were talking about, want to know a little bit about the aging workforce? Yeah, but before I get to that, I had one comment from last week's episode that, what is just that? brought up a good, uh, something to chew on a little bit more. So we talked about whether it's the government's, you know, right to implement those taxes, but somebody actually brought up you know seatbelt laws and yeah. helmet laws and just the similarities between those well the thing about that is uh seatbelt and helmet laws those actually save lives i'm kind of torn on that you know in terms of what the government role is but it reduces my insurance premiums and that's a good thing I'm with you there <laughs> so yeah so, but, i mean it's a slippery slope whenever we start talking about taxes and whenever we start talking about what the what an appropriate role for government is because you can make a good argument for just about anything that's well-intentioned. Should the government be doing this? But ultimately, at the end of the day, whenever you open up that Pandora's box, you know, you let the government into your life. Right. So for this week, moving moving forward, I'm going to start out with a simple fact that I think everyone knows and can agree upon is that the median age, the average age in America is rising. Our population is getting older. Yeah, yeah. So, so what is it now? Uh, it's now up to 38. So, so wow, I'm, I'm, in, I'm almost at the median age, yeah, I think. Just a year over. <laughs> but to put that in a little bit of perspective, in the 50s and 60s, yeah. it was around 28, 29 years old. Good and night. That's so almost the, a full decade older now. And just in about 50 years, it's gone up about a full decade. Sure, yeah. So that's, I mean, obviously, the baby boomers have been playing a huge part of that. Right. And as they were younger, obviously, the median age was down. Now they get older, obviously, they're dragging up the median age. Yeah. What else have you found out? So, I mean, I think you can obviously blame that on a few things baby boomers I'm for sure one you are. better health care okay. so those those same baby boomers are living yeah. longer yeah what else would you think well i mean a couple of things i mean first off obviously we have the baby boomer generation biggest uh, biggest generation of all times then we have their also i mean living longer i mean you mentioned something about the average life expectancy right what, yeah mid 60s back in the 50s and now it's close to 80 yeah put that on the same uh schedule 1950s is about 68 today it's around 80 so again another over a decade jump i mean that's that's unbelievable right there but then also the people of that generation before the baby boomers it's much smaller generation those people are now dying out so we're stuck with this kind of like oh my kind of a weird looking demographic pyramid where it's very got this huge bulge at the top and then my generation the next one generation x is much smaller and then all of a sudden it goes back out with your generation the millennial generation why generation y are you generation y aren't i i don't know gen x so we're looking at gen z for you right gen z gen generation y is through 94, I guess, on Gen Z. Okay, you are Gen Z. I yeah. mean, I, th- I always thought that stood for Generation Zombie, but you seem to be a, a pretty ups- upstanding guy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm a zombie. <laughs> Fair enough. That. So what, what, we, what we have now, though, is seriously, with the, with the bulge in that pyramid that the baby boomers present, we have actually fewer people working now per, per each retiree than we had back when Social Security and all this other stuff started. Yeah, you want the exact numbers, it, it used to be around 8.1 yeah. working employees, workers for every one retiree. Yeah. It's down to three, or just under three. So, so That's let me a little get, concerning. Well, let me get this straight. Back in the 50s, I mean, average retirement age, let's say 65, has been that way for a while. Well, assuming, like we said earlier, the life expectancy then was 
in the 50s was 68. Yeah, so so I mean, wouldn't you so probably assume the retirement age was a little younger? Well, or do you think I mean, people are retiring and then kicking the bucket the next Well, year? that's pretty much, I think, what happened. You know, people didn't retire for as long. And, and the concept of retirement wasn't quite what it is now. You know, you laughingly say it's not terrible, something you should really laugh about. But you retire, you get a Buick, you get a hat, and you go sit on the porch. <laughs> and a few, few years, <laughs> few years later, you get your just, just desserts or your reward. I suppose, but that's uh, but people did not live as long live as long after they retired as they do now. But by whatever age they retired, they did not. The concept of retirement wasn't what it is now. People so, people worked up until they were no longer productive, and they died pretty soon thereafter. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just human nature. That's just the way it's been. So people weren't taking out of the system for as long after they quit putting right. into it. So you had eight people paying into the system for every one person taking out of it, and now we have three people paying into the system for every one person taken out. Obviously, the argument is these people had paid into the system up until this point, but the fact remains the government spent the money, so it's right. all, it all has to come from somewhere. Right. So, so obviously, if you have eight people paying in compared to three now, that puts a real strain on government resources and societal resources sure. as well. So I think this is kind of going on. So the aging of the U.S. workforce takes us from of labor force participation rate Sam back in the back in nineteen ninety nine, I believe if, if I'm not mistaken, it was around sixty seven point one two percent, somewhere along those lines. We, that was around the average in nineteen ninety nine, hit a high of in April of two thousand to today, the Bureau of Labor Statistics re- released the employment situation report for August and the labor force participation rate was sixty two point seven percent. Right. So I mean if almost full if over four full percentage points less. So obviously that'll have an impact on just the number of paychecks that are coming sure. in per household. And to that end, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the employment to population ratio fell to sixty point three, something like that. I'm going to trust you on that one. <laughs> Fair enough. You have to trust me on all these. It just sounds impressive. Lord knows if I'm right. But the employment to population ratio fell to about sixty point three. That that was up in sixty three, sixty four percent, not so long ago. So what we've seen here is the number of people working. Per household has gone down by, by definition, by definition. So it's not surprising that we've seen median household income actually stagnate over the last decade or so. Sure. And so all this, all these things happening, people, people, uh, you know, living longer, retiring, living longer, retirement, paying out, of, taking out of the system a little bit longer, fewer people paying into the system. So what we have here is a strain on overall resources. So I got one more thing I'm going to throw mm-hmm. at you that kind of yeah. goes hand in hand with that. Another one more stat: savings rate used to be anywhere ranging in the 50s to 60s. It used to be around 12, 15 percent, yeah, sometimes yeah. Up, upwards of 17, 18. It's, it's just over six and a half right now. Well, I mean, even That's that- That's gotta be, I mean, with the increasing aging population and the decreasing savings rate, I, kind of sounds like a perfect storm. Well, it, it, it could be a real problem. But believe it or not, Sam, uh, that 6 to 7% that we have right now is actually higher than what it was even 10 years ago. Sure. When, when that number actually even got into negative numbers. And it was a very strange time in, in our nation's economic history and in the market history where it was actually considered a bad thing. Believe it or not, to yeah. see the savings rate go up, and there's something called the paradox of thrift that we talked about that was actually bad to say because it cut down on consumption, what have you. I think really what we're seeing now with the aging population, paradox of thrift aside, if you don't save for retirement, you're going you're going to be in, in a bad way, and you know we're, we're starting to see this. So, but as its impact on the overall economy, what we're seeing besides the the stagnation of median household income, you're also seeing with the aging population in general. As people age, 
this is no secret. I'm not, I'm not casting stones, pointing fingers. As people age, they have greater need for healthcare services. And as our population ages, we're demanding more and more healthcare services. So what we've seen is healthcare as a percentage of overall gross, gross, domestic, gross domestic product has increased significantly over the last 10 to 20 years. And this is all going to continue to go on. And, you know, I throw this number out when I make economic presentations. This will continue to happen until about the age of 2030. And at the age Why of the, the age, age, the year 2030, you know, I'm a very boring individual. You already know this. You already know this. I, wouldn't, very, I wouldn't say so. Well, I'm, um, I'm exciting for a nerd, but I'm very boring for the average individual. I've gone back and I've run, you know, live births by year going all the way back as far as I can find it. And when you take a look at live births in the United States and you just run some spreadsheet numbers, in the year 2030, for the first time in three decades, more people will be hitting age 40 than hitting age 65, meaning that more people will be hitting arguably, Sam, arguably, I'm not saying you have to wait as long as this, but arguably people will be hitting their peak earnings years, the most productive portion of their career, more people will be hitting it then than hitting retirement. So what do you think causes that? Because, you know, uh, women used to average having three to four kids, was it? 50s, 60s, now it's around two under. Do you think that relates to, uh, as dark as it is, as dark as it it is, the baby boomer generation kind of dying off and well then that's also what happens in the year 2030 i was there's really no polite way of doing it i'll try to i'll try to choose my words correctly in the year 2030 um the probability well that (laughs) in the year 2030 the first of the baby boomers hits 85 now people born in 1945 they start hitting 85 years of age and the actuarial tables uh, start to shall we say accelerate after that sure. point and sure. that's a, that's a polite way of putting it so we have the baby boomers really starting to hit their actuarial ceiling as it, as it were it's a polite term with with increased rapidity after <laughs> after year 2030 and you have more people coming in now the reason for this sam is the reason why, why well, this is all out there is my parents generation which is the generation before the baby boomers my father was born in 1936 and my mother was born in 1940 that was one of the smallest generations these are children of the depression right. the years yeah, depression immediate, immediate. people when, when, when times are bad people just don't have children and so that was my parents' generation, so I'm Gen X. And Gen X is really smaller than the baby boomers. Now, the millennials were, were the children of the baby boomers and even some of the Gen Z are. So what you're seeing is a small generation having, I mean, kids. And so that generation before the baby boomers and now my generation, now the baby boomers are, you know, I mean, right here. Then their children... Uh, y and Z generations, they're moving through the system. So that's what we're going to be seeing in about another 10 to 12 years. You're seeing all of the baby boomers' kids as another swell in the demographic triangle, if you will. Yeah. They start coming through and start hitting their peaks earnings years. So I've told plenty of people this. As long as we can keep Social Security float, wallpaper it, spitting spit bubblegum or what have you for the next 12 years, I'm not going to say we're going to get back to some sort of major surplus, yeah. but the numbers start moving in the opposite direction. Well, that's and, good to hear because I know a lot of people tend to be worried about that. Well, we can be worried about it as much as we want, but um, the truth of the matter is I don't think anyone in Washington really 
has the stomach to do anything about cutting Social Security or Medicare. Of course not. At, at this given time. So we are going to see an enormous strain on government resources over the next decade to 12 years because of this aging population. There's just nothing we can do about it. Just absolutely nothing we can do about that uh, because, let's face it, these are people that have helped grow, grow our country. They've paid into the system, and frankly, they vote. Frankly, they vote. So we aren't going to be cutting benefits at the same time. Uh, so we got to have, we're going to have to figure out a way to make this all work with fewer people working and fewer people looking for work, largely because we have more retirees than ever. So it seems like almost a perfect storm. It seems very depressing. But the truth is, as part of the reason why Washington needs to be very creative in how we stimulate the economy, and it can't be the old sort of tweak it here, tweak it there. Sure. The thing is, we know what's out there over the next 10 to 12 years. Enormous pressure on the system, both economic and, and, and governmental. Enormous pressure on it, so we can't go to the same old, uh, same old uh, tools and levers and expect drastically different results. The only surefire way, Sam, of growing government revenue and therefore keeping all the promises to all the retirees out there is to grow the economy. It's a perfect correlation. Perfect correlation. You grow the economy, tax receipts will go up. So that's what the government's policy over the next 10 to 12 years, so we can keep all these promises to everyone, we've got to figure out a way to grow the economy as rapidly as we possibly can, because we can't change the demographics. How about growing the population? Well, when we, in order to grow the population, we either have to do one of two things. We either have to create more Americans organically, Sam, or we can increase immigration. Those are, those are, those are the only two ways. Right. I was, I was picturing more immigration than organically as you say <laughs> yeah, well, that's, again I'm, I'm, that's I'm being wise long, with that's my a little words. more long-term investment well then. without a doubt it takes you know some 22 years in order for the or your organic growth to come in come into the workforce I think 18 to 22 years but it would, we would have to obviously increase immigration so that's what's kind of interesting now about some of some of the debate that's out there either pro or con immigration regardless of whether it is, whether or not it's documented or undocumented the truth of the matter is we need more people sure. paying into the system but i don't think that's really the center of the argument i mean i'm sure that is some people's stance on immigration sure. but it seems like the argument is more centered around undocumented versus documented well without a doubt but regardless again that's a that's probably a discussion for another time whether or not it's undocumented or documented we simply need more bodies sure doing the work and paying into the system because we've gone from eight people paying working for every one taken out we've now gone to three as opposed to one taken out and this is going to go on for the next 10 to 12 years yeah. and now these people aren't saving as much either like now people aren't up. saving as much so we're all we're looking at all this so you know we've got to figure out a way to get more people working in the U.S., that's the bottom. That's just the bottom line of it. So, how do we do that? Immigration's one way. Perhaps uh, revising the tax code even yeah. more is Possibly. is another way. I'm not. I mean, that's that's why I guess why we're kind of talking about this today. I mean, that's why we're talking about aging workforce. There are no there are no cut and dry. This is exactly what's going to happen. This is exactly what's going to happen. But we do need to have that labor force participation rate, the employment to population ratio kick back up to about 30 year averages in order for all the stresses on society, the economy and the government to alleviate somewhat to what to what we're more comfortable with. Right. Because the next 10 years, it's going to be difficult. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We need to figure out a way to bring in more skilled labor into the country. And that probably requires a lot of time and effort spent on creating more coherent immigration laws. Sure. 
And that, that, that's all part and parcel. I mean, I th- that's I, a product of our aging workforce. I think every way that we can look at fixing this isn't an overnight solution. Every Everything to do is kind of get our population to grow again and get more people in the workforce. It's going to take some time, whether it be uh, getting people in trade schools, like we've talked about before, getting yeah. people more properly educated yeah. uh, to where the jobs are, bringing in immigration, um, what, whatever it is, I mean, nothing's going to happen overnight with this. Well, because so 2030 I mean, is kind of like, we've got to get it done by then. We've got to get it done. Uh, we, we've got to get it done sooner rather than later, uh, without a doubt. But it's interesting that we're bringing this up because, you know, we've talked about productivity, worker productivity right. in the past. You can do more with less. I'm not saying we need to ever get back to eight per, per worker. I think we're, U.S. workers are much more productive than that. But we can't see you go from eight to three to two to one to one. Yeah. yeah, but I okay. guess once you get less than one, then you're really <laughs> then you're really then you're really in a bad way. But the government released this week that worker productivity in the most recent quarter was up two point nine percent. Yeah, so that's actually a pretty good number. So well, that's a good number. So maybe we are you know seeing a return to worker productivity or something along those lines. However, worker productivity without a doubt is just the delta between GDP and the growth of the workforce. Regardless. Sam, with this aging population, the stress that it causes on resources, fairly or unfairly, everyone's paid into the system, but if we're going to keep our promises to our seniors and to our citizenry, we've got to figure out a way to get more people participating in and working in the U.S. economy. Seems like we have the same perspective on this one. Wait, I, I don't know what happens here. It, it's, supposed to be, it's, supposed to be to called, it's supposed to be called trading perspectives, and here we are at the end of the day, the end of the podcast. Sharing perspectives. <laughs> I think that's agreeing on perspectives. I think maybe we need to change it. But but there you have it, Sam. I mean, here we are up against time, and I think we both agree aging population, it's good if for an individual, for a society. It can be difficult. It can cause some stress. The only way of really making sure that everything works properly is to ensure the economy is growing and that more people are working, Being both proactive. in absolute, yes, in both absolute and relative terms. So with that, guys, thank you so much for listening. We love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. Also, please feel free to like and share us. If you like what you're hearing, please like like and share us with your friends and family. If you don't like what you're hearing, please share us with people that you don't like so much. Just by all means, go out there and share it. We uh, we can we love to we love to hear from you all. Also, you can plan to send us an email to tradingperspectives at oakworthcapital.com, where you can where you can subscribe to our newsletter, which is common sense, which you can find on our website. So with that, that's all we've got here today. Sam, say goodbye. Looking forward to next week. Likewise, y'all take care. <laughs>